Right now on Truth Today, we're going to be discussing the war on women and the womb from Genesis 3 and how we must counter and go on the offensive against the LGBTQ mafia and ideology. We're going to be also discussing the new global digital currency that was just launched last week. And Minneapolis is now the upper house of Islam. That and much more right now on Truth Today. Well, good morning on the uh, West Coast. Good afternoon on the East Coast. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian with Truth and Love Ministry. We want to welcome you to Truth Today. Uh, thank you for being with us. I apologize for running a few minutes late this morning, uh, but I want to thank you for your patience. Uh, we're glad that you can be with us, and I pray that this is the place where you will find uh, encouragement, equipping, uh, also exposing of what is happening. Uh, we are going to be truth tellers. We're committed to speak the truth in love from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, the admonition and exhortation to the people of God, the body of Christ, especially in these last days. I want to encourage you, please visit our website, tilministry.com, tilministry.com. Check out all of our content, subscribe to our email newsletter, check out our events calendar. Also visit our Rumble page. We are live streaming right now to Rumble and our website, rumble.com slash Hadian, rumble.com slash Hadian. Thank you all of, the, all of you who are on Rumble right now and who have subscribed. Please subscribe so that you can get alerts when we upload our brand new content. Uh, all right, let's jump into our show today. Um, I was just come, I just came back from Wisconsin where we had a, um, just a, a, a wonderful, blessed uh, weekend. Their uh, conference uh, with 200 and plus people up in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin area focusing on a solemn assembly, a sacred assembly from Joel chapter 2 verse 15. Speaking of the fact that when the enemy comes in, we must gather, consecrate ourselves, pray fast, set ourselves apart, and stand on dependency on God 100%. It was a blessed time of commitment and renewal, and I just encourage all of you who are watching that this is what we must do in our homes, with our families, and in our personal walk with Christ. We must pray that God would set us apart consecrate us, set us apart as sacred and holy. We belong to Christ, not this world. And as the world waxes darker and more evil, we must be set apart in who we belong to. And we must focus our efforts on glorifying Him and showing our dependency on Him. Not dependent on our jobs or our finances or our houses or our um, uh, careers, or even our knowledge, or on this world, or on this government. But we must show ourselves 100% dependent on God. And through that dependency, I believe the Lord will guide us and protect us and move us forward in the days ahead. And lastly, we must count the cost of following Christ in this hour. The cost is going up day by day by day. Are you ready to follow Christ no matter what the cost? That's a decision that each of us have to make. That's a decision that we have to sit down and, and, and talk through with our family, with our children. The enemy is all-out war. The enemy has declared all-out war on God's people. The, the enemy has declared all-out war on women, on sexuality, 
on anything that God has created because Satan wants to distort and pervert that which God has ordained and created. And sadly, much of the church of Jesus Christ doesn't have a fight in them because they are not standing on the Word of God, on the principles of God, on the very foundation of who God is. So this morning, I want to jump right in. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me. We always start in the Word of God to Genesis chapter 3 in verse 14, 15, and 16. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, 15, and 16. So after the fall in the garden, in Genesis chapter 3, when the serpent had deceived Eve and Adam, Adam didn't stand up to his wife. Adam didn't obey God. Adam listened to his wife when he should have obeyed God. And this is not a knock on listening to wives. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that had he obeyed the word of God, he would have not fallen. He would have not succumbed as Eve succumbed to that temptation. But together they failed. And so now in verse 14, so the Lord God said to the serpent, this is in the New King James Version, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. So God curses the serpent for his deception. Now he speaks a judgment or a curse over the serpent. But this judgment is also over woman, over the nature. Because again, we have to understand, it was this, this deception occurred between the serpent and Eve. And, and this is, again, please hear me, this is not a knock, but the Bible very clearly tells us that women are a weaker vessel. Men are supposed to be the leaders in their home. Now, the society, the enemy has been attacking men and neutering men. Men have lost their courage, lost their conviction, lost their roles in society. We don't even know what a man is. We don't even know what a woman is today. We are so utterly confused because Satan is a god of confusion. But we have to understand the reason that God is going to speak the next verse, a judgment over the serpent and over the woman. Now, there is a judgment over the man. Don't, so every party that was involved in this deception, in this grand deception that corrupted God's creation, corrupted God's design, and set us on this path that we have been in for the last 6,000 years. Every party, the serpent, the woman, and the man, are going to have judgment, are going to have a judgment spoken over them. But specifically, God speaks this judgment over the serpent and the woman. Do you see today a war on women? Do you see that? This is the title of our show today. The war that is on women and the war that is over the womb. Satan is bloodthirsty to destroy the womb, to destroy the uh, creation uh, of God in the womb, 
and to destroy the very identity of women, of who they are, of how they were created to be. And so, this specific prophecy is a prophecy and a judgment at the same time. And it is being spoken because the serpent came after the woman, the, weak, the weaker vessel, the helper. Remember, she was supposed to be the helper to Adam, the man. The, the serpent came after the woman first. And again, as I've already said, Adam failed. Adam ultimately is responsible. He ultimately failed because he was to be the caretaker of the garden and have dominion over all that God had given him dominion over. He failed in standing up to his wife and saying, no, I will not sin against God. I will not disobey what God has said for us to do. He gave us dominion over the garden, over the land, over the beasts of the land. But he told us this one condition, do not touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat of its fruit, otherwise you shall know evil, and evil shall come, and which is exactly what happened. So here's verse 15. The Lord says, I will put enmity. The word there, enmity, means deep-seated strife, conflict, hatred. There will be a deep-seated strife, conflict, hatred between you, serpent, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, capitalized. Because now, this is a messianic prophecy that is coming, because God immediately is telling the serpent, is telling Satan, I already knew this would happen. In my sovereignty, I knew humans would reject my boundaries. And so I have a motion in plan, a plan in motion, I should say, and that plan is my son shall come. My son shall come and he shall be that seed, the savior of the world. He shall bring victory over this enmity. And he shall ultimately restore humanity. He shall ultimately restore creation. He shall ultimately restore my creation, people, to me. And my creation, the earth, to me. And he shall, the serpent, bruise his heel. But the Messiah, the seed of the woman, shall bruise or break or crush, depending on the translation, Satan's head. So let me read that one more time again in verse 15. I will put enmity, deep-seated strife, hatred, conflict, deep-seated, long-suffering between you, Satan, and the woman, doesn't mention the man, the woman, and between your seed, Satan, and the seed, the seed of the woman that will come of the womb of the woman. He, that seed of the woman, shall crush your head 
and your seed, Satan, shall only bruise his heel. Now that is also an imagery of what happened on the cross. When Jesus stomps on the serpent's head because the cross is the ultimate victory over death, over sin. Opens the door for eternal life because our redemption has now been finalized. It is paid. But I want to speak today not just of the messianic prophecy that this is, but that Satan from this time forth set to not only destroy the seed of the woman, meaning the womb of the woman, what is going to come out of the womb. Pharaoh wanted to kill the firstborn of the womb of the woman, was going to kill Moses if it was not for the midwives. Uh, during the time of Jesus, we see that uh, Pilate wanted to kill the seed that the prophecies had said would, would come the Messiah. So he orders the killing of all the firstborn. We see in our lifetime the ability to murder children in the womb, unlike anything in human history, where by some accounts at least 80 million, if not more, some say over 100 million worldwide have been murdered. The greatest genocide in human history has occurred in the womb. And much of the church is silent and has been silent for, generation, for, for, for decades. For a generation is what I meant to say. Or today, the woke churches celebrate the murder the abortion. They believe that it's okay, that we shouldn't judge, that we shouldn't be involved. Then in verse 16, let's keep reading really quick. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Now, some translations say in, in, in that part there that your desire shall be toward, against, some translations say against your husband, meaning that you will desire to, to manipulate or control your husband, and then he, in turn, shall end up ruling. This is the epitome of, of marriage. It's the epitome of the problem of marriage is that uh, when, when the husband and the wife are not operating in a proper role to one another, the woman tries to manipulate. This is part of the flesh if we're not walking in the spirit. And then the husband in turn tries to control. And that doesn't work very well. I, I can attest to that. Any person who's been married for any period of time can attest that that does not work well. Men, we have to be servant leaders. And there's been many times I've been guilty of not being that. But there's also been many times that my wife's been guilty of trying to manipulate or have it her way. And if we're not together and united, as Adam and Eve were not together and united, then the enemy comes in and creates this conflict between a man and a woman and creates conflict in marriage and also ultimately creates conflict in the world. Because now the desire of the woman will be to become like a man. Did you hear what I said? The desire of the woman will be become, to become like the man. 
And in some cultures, like when I was in Cuba, because the men are so impotent and weak and, 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 and beaten down, the women by necessity have to take over. The women by necessity have to rise up and lead their families and lead their uh, children and their, marriage, and their uh, marriages if they're married. Then in verse 17, he says to Adam, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. You see here, what was the sin of Adam? Because you heeded the voice of your wife. You listened to your wife when she was out of line. You didn't stand up when you needed to stand up, Adam. There are times, men, where we have to stand up and lead our marriages and lead our families. There are times where we have to stand up and say, this is the conviction, the Lord, this is his boundaries. And then pray for your marriages, pray for your wives. But here's my point today. My point is this, that we go back to the enmity. God cursed the ground which Adam would walk on. God made Adam toil all the days of his life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. But we go back to the enmity. Today we are seeing the ultimate manifestation of the war on women and the war on the womb. Again, as we titled our show today, the war on women and the war that is on the womb. Because this bloodlust that Satan has had on the womb, we see it today with the bloodlust for abortion, for the bloodlust for murder. We see it in how we can't even define women or even defend women. We can't even live by common sense anymore. And because we have neutered men, because men have been neutered, men are not being men, now we don't even know what a man is. Or we have effeminate men, soy boys, as they call them. So this, of course, all goes back to, if you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 1. Again, I've covered this multiple times. Where when we begin to reject God's design, God's creation, God's plans, as they did in the garden, everything falls apart. Everything falls apart, folks. That's what's happening in the world. And that's what Jesus is coming back to restore. But right now, when in Romans chapter 1, they rejected the Creator, they rejected Him. Therefore, God, in verse 24, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. I don't know a greater way of dishonoring your body than to cut off your breasts. Forgive me for being graphic. Than to cut off your man parts and think that you are a, man, a woman or to think that you are a man. I don't know any greater way than we are mutilating our bodies. Children are being mutilated under the guise of, 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 of love and care and being affirming. 
Satan loves to um, co-opt words like gay and affirming and rainbow and covenant. Verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature, meaning the flesh, rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And so when I look at our landscape and I see day after day after day after day, headline after headline of insanity, I, want to, I wanted to bring for you this morning the root the root of all of this goes back to Genesis chapter 3. The root of all of this goes back to the fall and the judgment that God declared over the serpent, over the woman, and over the man. The difference is today we have the technology to butcher children in the womb. And, and we've gotten more and more effective with it like with these drugs like malfestoprone or whatever it's called, that is the abortion-causing drug, that the governor of Washington State bragged that we have three years of supply. Don't worry if the Texas court has ruled that drug illegal. Don't worry. We have three years of supplies on hand where we can continue to commit abortions. May God have judgment on that man and those leaders. May God bring judgment, righteous judgment on those leaders. And may God wake up his people in the state of Washington and all across this nation to stand, to speak out, to say no, to resist, to go to the abortion mills that murder babies, to go to the state capitol and say no, we will not stand for the mutilation of our children. No, we will not stand for the murder of the unborn. No, we will not stand and watch you gas and poison children and rip them apart in the womb. But I don't see that courage from the majority, 99% of the Christians. Let's go to our first headline, please, Dry. This is from the Washington Stand. The controversy with Riley Gaines again. As she's now fighting, she's supposed to go into dentistry, but she just said, go ahead and bring up the headline, please. Uh, uh, this is the headline. Gaines goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Democrats on Biden's push to erase girls and women. Girls and women in sports today. How lunatic. What kind of a lunatic nation are we living in with the lunatic government that we are battling here? We're sitting here battling over the fact that men with penises can engage in sports. She says, why is it always women fighting against sex-based protections? That will forever be beyond me. The former All-American swimmer can only shake her head at the latest attack on girls' sports by Congresswoman Katie Hobbs, Democrat of California. The latest high-profile Democrat to throw her sex overboard in the raging battle for transgenderism. Even liberal Piers Morgan of Fox Nation said it's an extraordinary state of affairs. 
when two middle-aged men, me and Bill Maher, were standing up vociferously for women's rights to fairness and equality, and a congresswoman who wants to be a senator was incapable of doing that. And that, to me, exposed the fragility at the heart of this woke position on this whole transgender debate. Because when Hobbes was on real time with Bill Maher, the conversation had turned to Riley Gaines, and the Democrat disagreed with the University of Kentucky athlete strongly. When she was pressed, she said that she felt that Riley was using these kind of things to get attention and likes and clicks. Remember, now this is the same uh, Riley Gaines who recently in San Francisco was assaulted when Turning Point USA brought her in. She was physically assaulted by a man wearing a woman's dress, was then barricaded in a room because they couldn't get her out of the facility until police had to show up and declare that to be uh, a, 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 a riot or whatever it was, and finally they got her out. Where's the assault charges? Where's the charges against the university for allowing and promoting? This is, I said to you last week, uh, we are now in a double standard. This is an absolute double standard. This is an attack on Christians. I don't know if we, did we even have an image for that dry last week where we talked about the fact that uh, uh, the, 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 um, First of all, look, let me say this way. We've said it again. I believe this trans spirit, and we have this image, this trans spirit is an antichrist spirit. There's no doubt in my mind that this is an antichrist spirit because it is ultimately the, the, the greatest attack against God's creation. It's one thing to question sexuality. I'm a woman, but I have sexual attractions for another woman. I'm a man, but I have sexual attractions for another man. That is an abomination according to the Bible to act upon that, to, to engage in same sexual uh, contact. But you're at least still a woman. You're still at least a man. But to question, I'm not a man, I'm really a woman. I'm not a woman, I'm really a man. I'm an it, I'm a they, I'm a non-binary. We are lunatics in this nation. We've become... The, 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 the expression uh, that the uh, insane are running the asylum, we are the insane running the asylum now in this nation. And a government that is promoting it, and Hollywood that is promoting it, and woke corporations like Anheuser-Busch that are promoting it. By the way, did you see, let's go to this, um, let me find that article, uh, the Jihad Watch. Did you see who is the CEO of Anheuser-Busch, low-rent mind control uh, Anheuser-Busch CEO is a former CIA agent. Whoa, what a surprise that a government shill would get a high-paying position at Anheuser-Busch to destroy Anheuser-Busch. Donald Trump Jr. is coming out saying, listen, don't be hard on Anheuser-Busch. Let's give them a break. They made a mistake. Uh-uh, Don Jr. Uh-uh, I disagree, Don Jr. This is not a mistake. This was intentional. The deep state puts one of their own people as head of the CIA, as a corporate entity to destroy a conservative corporation. That's what this is about, folks. When you, when you, want, to, when you, want, to, when you want to figure out why is Anheuser-Busch committing economic suicide, right? 
That's what it is, right? Go woke, go broke. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. Because according to Don Jr., 60 some odd percent of the donations of Anheuser-Busch go to Republicans. Ah, uh, not an accident. You see, they put a deep state shill at the helm of the, uh, as a CEO, the corporation has to go woke to be ESG compliant, environmental, social governance, the social credit system, and then they begin to destroy the corporation. This is all planned. And so this dude, right, you know the controversy, they had this stick boy, Dylan Mulvaney, as their front man, crashing and burning, and then Brendan Withworth, who supposedly gave an apology, which was not an apology. I read the, 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 the comment or the uh, letter. It was not an apology. He's a former spook. And this article is saying this, that strange little resume item raises a series of intriguing questions. Is this whole transgender spokesman thing the company's later, latest version of MKUltra, its infamous foray into brainwashing and mind controlling using LSD and other drugs? Has the CIA realized that it doesn't need to administer mind-altering drugs to people in order to actually alter their minds? According to the Senate's 1977 hearings on the CIA's MKUltra program, agents assigned to that program worked on developing substances that would, among other things, promote illogical thinking and impulsiveness to the point where the recipient would be discredited in public and alter personality structure in such a way that the tendency of the recipient to become dependent upon another person is enhanced. Doesn't that sound alike like transgenderism today? We know transgenderism is a spiritual demonic spirit. But the fact that you have people like the shooter in Nashville that I said a few weeks ago was trained. Somebody trained her. Somebody gave her uh, tactical training. Ramped her up. We see more and more trans violence, trans terrorism. This is what it is. It's the rise of trans-terrorism. But it's also Satan's attack on women. Because you attack women to question themselves. Then you attack women by making dudes look like women when they don't even look like women. You attack women by destroying opportunities for women, like in jobs, like in sports. Then you attack women by having women can't, who can't even defend women. You, you get this warped delusional logic. This guy was a CIA operative. And now he's the head of Anheuser-Busch. And Anheuser-Busch is committing suicide. And they want to tell us that it was a boo-boo. That it was a little slip-up. Sorry, but he doesn't say sorry. Again, read his letter. And we continue to have more and more of this delusionalness allowed. Look at this here. Let's go to gender-confused teacher, Dryad. Do you have that one? Gender-confused teacher allowed. Go ahead and bring this up, please. To continue teaching after commenting about shooting students. Parents at a 
Hernando County, Florida Middle School are demanding that a teacher be fired after it was discovered that the teacher was allowed to continue teaching for weeks despite making alarming comments to a guidance counselor that he wanted to shoot some students. Fox Chapel Middle School math teacher Ashley Renzgowski, a biological male who identifies as a woman, spoke to a school guidance counselor in late March and remarked that he was having, she, having bad thoughts and wanted to shoot some students. He, I'm sorry, it is a he, a biological male. Okay, so he, the article is correct, he allegedly went on to say that he has suicidal thoughts and three handguns at home. Comments were apparently sparked by his anger over a social media post where people were talking negatively about, quote unquote, her sexual orientation, as well as some of the students not performing to their ability. But despite all this, despite the fact that the sheriff supported the incident dated March 24, notes that Renskowski is taking hormone medication and is planning on having surgery over the summer. It also states that he experiences phases of depression, is on medication for depression, and yet, and yet, after almost three weeks of the initial incident, Hernando School District Superintendent released a statement saying that based on an ongoing investigation into the incident, because of the release of details not previously known by the school district, he would be removed from all student contact, and that a date for the teacher's return would be determined based on investigation. News of the school allowing Renzgatsky to continue teaching for almost three weeks following this, his threatening comments, comes just after two weeks after the shooting, of course, in Nashville. So we have the shooting in Nashville, and they keep this depressed, suicidal, deranged individual around children for three weeks before finally pressure to remove. Um, this is, you know, the craziness. And just for a little bit of levity, you got to always bring in the Babylon B. You got to bring in the Babylon B here. Scientists, look at this. Let's go to this real quick here, Dry. Scientists at Budweiser attempt to discover how many beers it would take for Dylan Mulvaney to pass as a woman. How drunk do you have to be to think that this individual is a woman. <laughs> this is, again, remember this is parody, okay? This is, if you're not familiar with the Babylon Bee, it's parody, it's not real. St. Louis, Missouri, beer scientists at Budweiser headquarters are reportedly hard at work researching how many cans of Bud Light it would take for Dylan Mulvaney to pass as a woman. According to their sources, Mulvaney, who really became, recently became a spokesman for the alcoholic beverage, was personally recruited by CEO Philip Budd while he was inebriated. Now human resources need to know how this could have happened. One, no. Two, no. Dr. Pedro Morgenstein noted in a test log. Three, ugh, no. Morgenstein reportedly passed out 20 years later, still believing Dylan Mulvaney was a man. However, he did note that his female colleagues were at least three points more effective or attractive. Oh, you got to laugh sometimes with how insane this stuff is, folks, because you can't make up the insanity of our world and where, how far we have fallen. But I, I want to highlight something here real quick for you. I want to highlight a courageous story. This is a sad story, but a courageous story. Please drive. You can go to the Harbinger's Daily article. Uh, they're starting with the youth. Do you have that one there? Right. Let's bring that up, please. 
They're starting with the youth. High school student arrested following defense of biblical morality. This is an amazing story in uh, Canada. Not surprising. A Baptist, a transgender policy and a Catholic high school suspension. It sounds like an opening of a bad joke, but it's not. This is the delusion that North America culture is now in. Okay, so here's the quick backstory. Uh, St. Joseph's Catholic High School in Renfrew, Ontario, suspended 16-year-old student Josh Alexander. Not only that, they had him arrested. Now, the reason they had him arrested is because they had expelled him. He came back to campus. I'm not sure if I agree with this part of his decision, but he came back to campus refusing to leave the campus. He wanted to finish the classes. They trespassed him. He refused to leave. They called the police and arrested him. But why was he in trouble in the first place? You see, Josh is a born-again Baptist Christian. Now, why is he at a Catholic school? I don't know. Who believes God created two unchangeable genders, who opposes the school's transgender policy. That's right. A Catholic school has an open transgender policy, a positive uh, uh, transgender policy. Last October, uh, the school uh, said some female students told Alexander they were concerned about male students using the girls' bathroom and changing rooms. Josh and another student went to the principal but were ignored. Being a new student, he refused to use preferred pronouns of two transgender students and quoted scripture in a class debate on the issue. To sum up what's going on, he recently explained a few basic truths and insights we rarely hear articulated so clearly. And I want to tell you as a pastor, what he's about to say is rarely articulated by many pastors. Our freedom of religion is, is under attack. God's natural order is under attack. The family unit in general is being attacked from every angle, and they're starting with the youth. Bravo to Josh. How does a 16-year-old, folks, understand the issue better than most limp-wristed, weak-kneed pastors out there? Then he decided to organize a student demonstration outside the school, but two days before, he was suspended indefinitely. Local uh, homosexual LGBT activist groups, Renfrew Pride and P-Flag Canada, Renfrew County, organized a counter-protest and called Josh's group a terrorist organization. As I said, he was arrested and trespassed. And he said that uh, as he was trying to share his biblical views in a class, the teacher and the school considered that bullying because there was a transgender student in the class. He was called a racist, a sexist, a bigot by the staff. Students were involved in this stuff. I just continued to voice my beliefs and it ended up getting me arrested. There were, well, that's not 100% true because he, he was trespassing. Um, there were conditions they wanted me to agree to in order to return to school as a Christian. I'm not going to lie, amen. I'm not going to go along with the mainstream narrative that is completely contrary to God's natural order. Amen to Josh. The article goes on to say, I wish more pastors would have the same biblical courage as this young man. I agree. I agree. And just in case you wonder how a Catholic school can be, can be so woke, shouldn't be surprised, right? Shouldn't be surprised. This is exactly where we're heading uh, we're in this mess because of so-called Christianity and so-called Christians that condone and endorse. That's why so many churches in Tennessee were silent after the shooting in Nashville 
by the transgender individual, the woman who thought she was a man because they don't want to offend the transgender mafia. So it's okay, let's condone, let's not say anything about six Christians being murdered on a Christian campus, which is an anti-Christian hate group, which the government hasn't called it. They're never gonna call it an anti-Christian hate group, or, or hate crime, I should say. That was an anti-Christian hate crime. They're not gonna call it that because they're corrupt. The Department of Justice is corrupt. The FBI is corrupt. The Biden administration is corrupt. And so praise God for the courage. But look what it's going to take, folks. Look what it's going to take to stand up. And that's my point, is that it's time that we go on the offensive. Like Josh, it's time that we go and have rallies. It's time that we go and proclaim two genders. That we go and proclaim a man is a man, a woman's a woman. It's time that we go on the offensive. It's time that we stop being defensive. It's time that we take back God's word and stop making excuses and stop worrying about offending those who are already delusional and need Christ. It's incredible. This is enough of us being on the defensive, of us being reactive. We're so reactive. We got to take back our families, take back the education of our children. We need to take back the word of God and, and what God declares as truth. And it's going to take the courage of a 16-year-old like Josh because he knows that if they can get this generation, it's over. It's over. Now, I got to move on. I want to finish our show. I could spend the whole show on this, but a couple of quick updates. Uh, I want to encourage you to go to our friend Leo Homan's article, his brand new article. We've been warning you about the central bank digital currency. We've been warning you about the dollar being removed as the world uh currency, particularly as far as the petrodollar. We've been warning you about the BRICS nations. Now the coming, keep this up for a second, please dry the coming global or globalized digital money system just got in the endorsement it needed to proceed as the replacement for fiat paper currency. And guess what, folks? I wish I, I should have had my, my uh, dry grab the image. Guess what? It is called the Unicoin. Unicoin. And it is going to be the, the Digital Currency Monetary Authority. I didn't even know there was such a thing until I read this article. The Digital Currency Monetary Authority announced on April 10th they will be launching a new global <clears throat> central bank digital currency, or CBDC, calling it a universal monetary unit, also new, known as the Unicoin, which all of the world's central banks and commercial banks will be able to use for settlements of trade among each other, meaning among different nations. So the goal is have individual nations set up the central bank digital currency so that everything is trackable, programmable in your country, which that country is not gonna really matter because that country is giving up its sovereignty over to the World Health Organization, over to the uh, United Nations, that's what they want. And then create a, a world global uh, 
digital currency, Unicoin, which then the two can interact together, and all of it is trackable, programmable. Anyway, please go and read his article. This is um, further evidence that we are moving in this direction of this one world economy, this one world government, and this one world religion as spoken of in Revelation 13. By the way, speaking of one world religion, remember that our new presentation, One World Religion, will be coming out sometime in late May. So um, keep praying for us that we can get all the post-edit done and get the production done properly and in due time without any other issues. Uh, the enemy doesn't want this stuff to come out, folks. Doesn't want it to come out. Um, very, very troubling. And then another headline. I mentioned in my intro that Minneapolis has now gone to the upper house of Islam. Remember that we have taught before that Islam operates in two houses. You have the lower house, which is called the Dar el-Harb, H-A-R-B, which is referred to as the house of war. This is when they're in a, in a country where they're in a minority and they're trying to gain more power and become more political. Islam is political. There is no separation in Islam. Then when they transition, where they feel like they have the control, they have the power, they're not going to go back, then they go to what's called the upper house or the Dar al-Islam, the Dar, the house of Islam or the house of submission. And so we've been warning, I've been warning that Minnesota is going to be the first state to go to the upper house ahead of Michigan. We already have Hamtramck, Michigan, and Dearborn, Michigan. Hamtramck, Michigan is the first, it used to be a Polish community. It is now the first Muslim-majority city in America with the first Muslim-majority city council. They just passed the ordinance allowing animal sacrifices on their streets, especially during Ramadan, where all these Muslims can kill animals, let their blood... I, I wish... I, I'm trying to find somebody there that can, we can get footage of what's actually happening so people can see it and believe it. Americans have a hard time believing things until, until they see it. But I've been predicting that Minnesota is going to go faster and specifically Minneapolis, the city of Minneapolis. We already know that Cedar Riverside had already caved in uh, 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 just a, uh, on the outskirts of downtown Minneapolis. They'd already caved in to allowing Muslims with their 24 mosques to broadcast the Islamic azan, the call of prayer, which is to a false god, it is, it is evil, uh, three times a day, two to three times a day, at least in the morning and in the evening, sun up and sun down, 20 blocks, folks, 20 square blocks, minimum. And they want to expand it. Well, let's go to this article. They went to the city council, which has a Muslim block in it, a Muslim block of Muslims who are on that city council, Somali Muslims, and Minneapolis now voted to allow the Islamic call of prayer five times a day. Five times a day, 20 blocks, 24 mosques are going to be broadcasting this evil demonic prayer to a false god that is Allah in the city, are they going to allow church bells? Are they going to allow other religions? Of course not. Let's not be naive because this is about 
uplifting Islam. This is about Islam taking over. This is about Islam transitioning. And Minneapolis now is the upper house of Islam. I guarantee you. In fact, I'll tell you how confident they are. Here's what the head of care, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, that is the front group for the Muslim Brotherhood, here's their state director, Jelani Hussein, in the same article who says this, for something this historic to go this easy, it is an incredible, powerful, uh, it is incredibly powerful and a testament of who we are in the city of Minneapolis, Jelani Hussein said. The newly passed ordinance expands the number of times a mosque can play a call to prayer on a loudspeaker from three to four times per day to five year-round. Um, Aisha Chugtai, a Minneapolis City Council member, said in a Thursday meeting, it is really important for the city to approach all issues from a lens of ensuring equal access for all people. Uh, what equal access, you Muslim infiltrator? What equal access? There is no equal access. That's nonsense. But the left falls for it. The lukewarm Republicans fall for it. Jelani Hussein says, I think it just adds to the fabric of who we are in the city of Minneapolis. That Muslims are a part of the community and they live here. No, they're not just a part of the community. They are controlling that community. Cedar Riverside is now Muslim territory. Little Mogadishu, as they call it, is now the upper house of Islam. They rule it. They control it. That's why they have such influence. That's why the city council capitulated so easily. The mayor, Jacob Fry, is going to sign it. I believe it's already probably uh, signed. I think it was signed on Monday, which was, which was yesterday. So this is what happens when churches don't stand up, when churches are not salt and light in their community, Another spirit takes over. It's a simple concept. If we do not clean house in a community and, and bring in the spirit of the living God and, the, and we've, we've vacuumed out the, the, the Christian spirit, we've vacuumed out Christianity from our culture, no prayer, no Bibles, no creationism, no Ten Commandments. Well, guess what, folks? That house will not stay unoccupied. Unclean spirits will come in seven times stronger or 70 times stronger. In the case of Minnesota, it's 70 times stronger or more. And that unclean spirit is Islam. That unclean spirit is this antichrist spirit and this false god called Allah and a false prophet named Muhammad. It is an unclean spirit. And with every breath that I have as a former Muslim, I will continue to warn people about it. Brothers and sisters, we are in the last days. So please support ministries like this. Please perfectly consider supporting us so we can stay on the air despite being shadow banned on Facebook, despite being kicked off YouTube. Remember again, we are on rumble.com. One more time, dry rumble.com slash Ramhadian. Please, 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 if you have not subscribed, go subscribe, like our page, like the videos. Please, 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 so that we, we can get more out there but would you prayerfully consider a donation to our ministry, a one-time donation? Visit our ministry, tillministry.com slash donate, tillministry.com slash donate. Keep us on the air. Keep us, allow us to continue to proclaim the truth. We'll do it regardless. We'll do it regardless. But to do live streams, to do all these shows, uh, we need your support. We need your support. 
We are 100% supported by you. And so if you want to mail in a check also, you can write it to uh, Truth and Love right here on the screen. It's coming up. Uh, Truth and Love, P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee, 37802. Just write the check to Truth and Love, P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee, 37802. And if you're open to considering being a monthly supporter, a monthly partner, would you partner with us as our Gideon Army? We're praying for 300. That's all we need, 300. With 300, we can make huge kingdom impact. Already with 100 and something, we're making huge kingdom impact. Any amount each month, any amount. We have $5 monthly supporters and up. Any amount is a blessing to this ministry. Thank you for your support. Also, I want to encourage you, our new DVD, The Pushback, The Great Pushback, is on back order. We, have, we, we can't even keep them in stock. Um, this was phenomenal this weekend again, as I said, in, in Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, my thanks to Wisconsin Christian News for hosting that conference, the Solemn Assembly Conference. My, my, my thanks for making this their theme. We need a great pushback against all of this agenda. And so please order your copy now so we know how many to order. Folks, we are in the last days. Evil is waxing darker and darker. The world is unhinged because they have rejected God. They have rejected the truth. And they have bought the perversion and a lie. They have, as Romans 1 said, they have exchanged the, the incorruptible image of God for a corruptible image of man and creation. People are mutilating themselves, deluding themselves, and we have a government and a media and an education system and corporations and sadly many Christian churches and organizations that are fueling it. But God will preserve a remnant of his people and the King of Kings is coming back to rule and reign, to set up his kingdom on this earth. We are in dress rehearsal right now. We are preparing for his coming. And so I want to encourage you Occupy, stand your ground, do not lose heart. Fear not, fear not. For the times that we are in are not greater than the God who holds us in the palm of his hands or under the shadow of his wings. Our God is greater. And I want to pray Psalm 91 over every one of you. I want to pray God's blessing over every one of you. I pray the Lord will bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, that he would hem you in, that his angels would surround you, that he would shelter you under the most high place, that he is our strong tower, he is our mighty fortress. No evil can befall me if I'm in God's will. And if it does, it's because it's my time. May we walk out God's will and may we go on the offensive. May we pray that God will lead us on the offensive once again to reclaim that which is His, to reclaim that which belongs to Him. That we will not hand over our families, our marriages, our children to this demonic evil system and spirit. We will push back, we will stand our ground, we will put on our armor, we will pray fervently, and we'll occupy until he comes. 
God bless you this morning or this afternoon, depending on your time zone. I'll be back with you, Lord willing, live Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. If you like this show, please like it, subscribe, and share it. Get this word out. The war, war on women and on the womb is ongoing, but God will be victorious, and God will redeem and restore. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian. God bless you guys. We'll see you Thursday night.